Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took with him Peter and James and also his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. large crowd of people we have up here. Nah, it's just us. But that's okay. Where two or three are gathered, there Christ is among us. I've got a question. Do you know what transfigured means? Great! We're going to learn something. It's a real fancy word for change. Yeah. Yeah, one thing, then another thing, right? Sometimes it's change what we do. Sometimes it's change what we think. For transfigure, it changes us, our physical beings. In the story today, we hear about Jesus being transfigured or changed. And he was changed in a couple of ways. His face shone like the sun. That's kind of weird. And then his clothes became dazzling white all of a sudden. Now, Jesus did not dress like me, right? Jesus was out in the world a lot, and they didn't have laundry machines back then, and so you did laundry every once in a while. So think of, like, after you've got done working in the garden all day. How do your clothes look? Dirty. What would it be like if they become suddenly dazzling white? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and so these two things happen. It's kind of like 
pow, right here, all of a sudden happening. I think this is Jesus and God's remarkable way of basically saying, look at my nose. When I say look at my nose, you know I mean pay attention, right? This is God's way of saying, all right, something important is about to happen. Pay attention. And so the disciples are really paying close attention. And they see two people, Moses and Elijah, and those people represent all of the teaching that they've had about God in the past and in the present. But here's the real important part. They start to say, we're going to stay here forever, and God interrupts them. And God says the important thing. This, meaning Jesus, Jesus is my son, my beloved. Do you know what beloved means? This is my son, the one who I love very much. I'm very pleased with what he's doing. And listen to him. Listen. Have you ever had anyone in your life say, hey, pay attention and listen to what I'm saying? Yeah? I have those people in my life too. All the time. We all need that from time to time, right? We think about this thing over here, and we think about that thing over there, and we're, we're trying to talk, and, we, and we're just not listening. Sometimes we need somebody to say, in a big way, listen. Now the things that Jesus wanted them to hear were a little bit scary, but a whole lot good. Jesus was telling them that they were going to change not like he did. Their clothes weren't going to change and their face wasn't going to change. But they'd change how they were going to act and where they were going to go and even thoughts and feelings. They were going to be changed. But they were also going to experience the love of God in ways they'd never imagined. They were going to see tremendous things. But it all began, it all began with this right here. A big moment of listen, pay attention, and listen. Here's what I want you to do. This week, whenever, whenever you hear somebody talking about love, whenever you hear someone talking about love, I want you to pay attention and listen. I want you to think of it as God God's own self coming down from heaven and saying, look at my nose. <laughs> and then you listen. You listen as best you can for everything you can about love in this world. And then I want you to see if it changes you at all. Even for a little bit. If you feel a little bit better about something, if you think a little bit differently about something, pay attention and see if it changes you. Can you do that? Yes. All right. Should we say a prayer? Let's say a prayer. God, we hear about your son Jesus changing, and we pay attention. As you tell us about love and about change, we ask that when we're scared, you would be with us. 
and that you would give us hope, hope in the changes of our lives and voices of love that we can listen to each and every day. Thank you for being a God that stays with us and helps us not to be afraid. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a lot like that, isn't it? Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I've heard this text preach in a pinnacle high moment kind of way. Mountaintop experiences, we normally call them. I've heard this text talked about as in an interpretation of this moment for the disciples as one of the best parts of their lives. They got to see in front of them not just Jesus changed into glory, but Moses and Elijah, the two pinnacles of their faith, present, talking with them. It's a high point moment, a high watermark in their lives. And I imagine this could be true. I imagine that this could be true, being able to witness the center people of their faith, the ones who God did so much work through, and be able to sit with them for a little bit, to see them a little bit. I believe this is a good interpretation. But increasingly, I've also believed that this is not the only interpretation of this text. And I think it all, it all kind of hinges on knowing what happens right before they walk up the mountain. Right before they walk up the mountain, Jesus gathers his disciples together and makes one of his famous predictions about his death. I'm not going to be with you much longer. The Son of Man will be betrayed, killed, and in three days rise again. It's after that little moment that Jesus picks James and John and Peter and starts heading up a mountain. Now, I've not had anyone to me predict their death in this particular kind of way. So I don't know what they're feeling. I can imagine, though, with other moments of sharing with people in their deaths, the kind of emotions that happen there. And these emotions aren't always the high watermark of my life, but they're kind of the grieving points of my life. And so as they walk up the mountain with this ringing in their ears, then they see Jesus transfigured and Moses and Elijah, and Peter wants to stay here. A very, I guess, natural reaction. I don't usually suggest that I build houses for people, but hey, Peter did. But I think it's significant that while he's still speaking, God interrupts him. Almost as if to say, this isn't the point, Peter. And then, with our attention squarely focused, God makes an announcement. We don't get this very often. Normally we get Moses, or normally we get Elijah. Normally we get someone else speaking on behalf of God. But here we have God, God's own self, making an announcement. 
This, Jesus, is my son, my beloved. With him I am well pleased. This first part of that sentence is all about affirming everything that they've heard about Jesus, everything that they've seen with Jesus. You indeed are following the right person. You indeed are latching on to the right thing. But then there's that last part. Listen to him. Listen to him. Because it's not really enough to be able to, be able to identify Christ in a group. And it's not really enough to be able to identify what is good and what is bad. The important part, as my parents always told me, as your parents probably told you, is to listen. And in other words, act inside of that listening. But Jesus is talking about death. I don't want to hear about death. Do you? I want to hear about the love and grace and mercy of God. I want to hear about the joy of living. I want to hear about the hope that we have in Christ. I want to hear about the power of God moving and changing and breathing into God's people. I don't want to hear about death. But that's what Christ is talking about. Christ always talks about death. To quote Romans, if we are joined with him in a death like his, we will certainly, certainly be joined with him in a resurrection like his. The death comes first. We are raised from death to life in our baptism. We are... We change from old to new creatures. We are being made different and new every day. And I like the new. I'm all for being made new, being made whole, being made complete in Christ. I just don't like the death part. But here it is. What do you do with death? Both in the fin finality of it in our lives, but in the way that we always die and rise daily in our walk with Christ. I can't prescribe to you a way forward, but I can share with you two things that keep coming to my mind in this season. The first is to understand that our death is not a punishment. Our death is not some kind of trial that we must go through in order to be made good. Nor is it condemnation for what we've been in the past. We aren't dying and rising in Christ because we are terrible. We're not dying and rising in Christ because we are unloved. We're not dying and rising in Christ because there's nothing good about us. No. No, 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 no. We are being made new. And for new things to happen, old things must and do always pass away. I've really liked the line 
that we have in Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. It's in the final stanza. We are being changed from glory into glory till in heaven we take our place. It's not that we were bad before. It's not that we're bad now. We are glorious creations of the Creator. We are glorious people of God already right now. And even so, we are being asked to change into something wonderful. Our pasts are filled with God's own presence, God's own blessing. And even so, we are being asked to change from glory into glory. We are good creations of our Creator, but even so, we are being changed. We are passing from death into life again and again. The second is to take heart at the very first action Jesus makes towards his disciples in this announcement. When his disciples hear this, not when he's transfigured, not when they see Moses and Elijah, but when they hear this announcement that they actually have to listen to Jesus, they fall on their face terrified. And Jesus' first motion is not, yeah, you better be scared. But Jesus' first motion is to walk up to them and gently say, get up and do not be afraid. Get up. It's going to be okay. We have a God that doesn't force us through death into life by ourselves, but we have a God who goes ahead of us and goes with us in this change. That goes with us in the movement of death into life. That goes with us in the movement of change. That goes with us in uncertainty, in our fear, and in our longing. What is God calling us to? What is God calling us to in our changes, in our deaths, and in our lives? Whatever those might look like, know that we are being changed from glory into glory. Know that there's a God that goes with us in the midst of this. And wherever you are in this path, whether it's fearing death or embracing it or anything else, know that the God of heaven and earth goes with you, does not leave you, takes us all by the hand, lifts us up, and says, like at Christmas and Easter and everything in between, do not be afraid. God be with you in this calling of death and rising. God be with you if you can't quite listen to him yet. And in all of it, God be with you. Amen.